So with that said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to just uh, kind of jump right in this morning. As you guys know, um, the pulpit's gone. We're doing things a little different, so I hope that you're okay with this. And somebody's already asked me, no, it's not a body. So, uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and kill that rumor now before, uh, before we go any further. All right? So let's, let's do this. Let, let's just one more time. Let's pray. Very specific. Very specific this, this time. All we want you guys to pray. I think all God wants, wants, wants us to pray. God, let me hear you. Can we just take some time? Let that be our prayer. Lord, let us hear you this morning. Let us not get caught up on what it is or what it isn't. God, let us hear you. God, give me the ability to communicate you like you would have this morning. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. In your name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, as a minister, as a youth pastor, as somebody who, who prepares and, and, and speaks, and you know, there's so many times you can really only go with, with where you're at right now. So that's really all I've got for you this morning. Uh, I can really only, only kind of talk to you from where I am right now. Uh, and let me say that for those of you that are so bored of a morning on like a Saturday or a Sunday that you, you read that, that little, those few little paragraphs that, they, that Southwest Times is so desperate to give me. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, so some of this is going to be familiar to you. Um, so just pretend like it's not, all right, for me. But, uh, but here's, here's what I know. I can tell you where I am. I can communicate to you what God's been communicating to me, whether I've wanted to hear it or not. And then I'm just going to let you guys take it. And you can do, whatever, you can do with it whatever you want to. Um, but my prayer is that maybe possibly... God has got something prepared for you like he has had prepared for me. So this morning, we are going to spend a little time in the extremely popular chapter and book of Psalms 23. Okay, so don't rush ahead of me. Those of you that already have it memorized, you know, there's, there's no prize for, for going ahead and, and, and quoting the whole thing, so just... Just stay with me, um, and let me just speak to you, and let me just share with you what God has shown me in Psalms 23. Psalms 23, to me, is and has become, especially today, I, I think there's no more fitting verse on Father's Day than Psalm 23, than than a verse, than, than a chapter that, that tells us about the shepherd. The shepherd. In a lot of our cases, a lot of this, I, I believe with my whole heart, this can be compared to a father. 
So as we read Psalm 23, and we're talking about the greatest shepherd ever, also understand that, that we're talking about the model of a father. We're talking about the model of the one who cares for the ones that can't care for themselves. Because that's really what a father does. I can, uh, I can and, and I hope that, that my old baseball coach is not listening. My father may be. Uh, but I don't know about you, but you know, I grew up in sports. And if we have any sports parents in the house, we all know that sports parents are they're a different breed sometimes, right? So when you look at a man that is willing to do whatever it takes to make sure somebody that can't take care of themselves is taken care of, that's a shepherd, that's a father. My, I, I remember being upset one time because uh, it was senior year. Uh, I had made the coach mad. I have a, I have a really good habit of, of making people mad. It's just kind of what I do. Um, and so senior year, senior night, and there was one senior that didn't get to start that night. And man, my dad was mad. He was like, after the game, we was, we was leaving. He's like, you know, I'm going to go back and, and I, I'm just going to whoop him. I said, no, I'm doing that now. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. It is what it is. So, uh, but to love somebody so much, right? And let's just be honest, parents. Parents in the house, have you ever decided, you know what, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to whoop them because that's my baby and ain't nobody do that to my kid. You can raise your hand, it's okay. The cameras can only see me, so go ahead and raise your hand. Ain't no, uh, yeah, that's right. We got some honest people in the house. So here's the deal. Let's just, let's look at Psalms. Let's look at the, the, the model, the picture of a father. Let's look at the picture of the great, the best, the, the ultimate shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And we're not going to rush this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Can we just stop there for a second? Because I, I want us to understand what's happening here real quick. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, you might have picked up on this a couple weeks ago, but we have to understand, first and foremost, that you are not in charge. All right, now, here's the deal with dad. I had to learn that lesson the hard way a few times, right? Especially as you start to get older, men in the house, and you start to decide that you know a little bit more about life than your father does, sometimes your father has to remind you, you're not the man of the house just yet. Right? Can I tell you the exact same thing in the kingdom of God? It's the exact same thing. And our lives prosper so great. When we can just submit to the idea that we are not in charge. That we don't know all the answers. We don't have all the answers. Here's the truth. We don't know where the good stuff is. We think we know where the good stuff is. 
But our idea of good stuff is not his idea of good stuff. You see, our idea of what we need is not necessarily his idea of what we need. Green pastures to you may be nice cars, may be lake houses. Green pastures to God may be children that look at you like a hero. Green pastures to God may be time with your family. And sometimes you can't pay for that pasture and have the pasture that God wants for you. So see, your green pastures and God's green pastures may not always be the same. So you have to submit, you have to understand first and foremost that yes, He is the Father. Yes, He is the shepherd. And if He is the shepherd, biblically, that makes us the sheep. That makes us the ones that makes us the children. That makes us the ones that are supposed to do what we're told and go where we're supposed to go and move when he says move and stop when he says stop and go through this door when he says go through this one and go through this gate when he says go through this one. But that's hard to do sometimes. That's just be, can we just be real and honest? But that's the first step is you got to submit. You got to understand that he is in charge and you got to believe that. And you got you got you got to let that control you. You got to, to, to let that sit down in your spirit and trust that he is in control. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. See, part of believing that he's bigger than you is part of believing that it's not about you. Part of believing that he's bigger than me. And listen, this is, this is a walk that, that I've been walking and I've been fighting. And, and, you know, maybe this is like one of these. I should have maybe just put a couch up here and laid down on it like everybody's my therapist and gave everybody a, a notebook so I could just like lay down up here on the couch and, and talk to you guys and, and you could just take notes and tell me all my problems. Because this is what I feel like I've been going through. This is where I feel like God has, has been taking me for, the, for the, the past few months. He leads me through the past for his name's sake. Listen, Jeremy, it's not about you. It's not about you. He didn't bring you to Pulaski for you. He brought you to Pulaski for him. All right. He didn't put you in Volvo for you. He didn't give you a great job for you. He didn't give you a great family for you. He put you on the path of righteousness. He leads you on those paths for his name sake. We would be foolish to think anything great that we have came from anything that we do. In my personal opinion, now listen, there's guys smarter, better looking, stronger, faster, better looking. That's just how it works. But if I'm being honest, I've found myself more than, more, than, more, than, more than once, and I think we all have kind of been that, that thought that, man, I'm, I have got what it takes. And God, the Father, has to step up and say, you're not the man of this house. 
You are not the man of this house. You only have what you have because I have given you that for my sake. So that my kingdom can grow. I've given you what I've given you. So that you can bring people to me. Think about that for a second. Listen, I love my children. I really do. Sometimes, I, I really love my children. I really do. And sometimes I wonder, God, you're going to have to show me. Because I'm getting ready just to, they get ready to go right back to you. All right? Anybody? I mean, wiser, wiser parents in the house, you can help me with this. Uh, but here's what, I, here's what I want them to understand. Here's what, here's what I've had to understand. Anything good that I have, he leads me through the path of righteousness. Not for me, but for him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they come for me. Here's what we have to get to real quick before we get to the big part. We all know the rod, and we all know the staff. We all know, the, the most of us know, you know, the, the, the rod and the staff, it's correction and it's protection. And, and it, it, it's, sometimes it's a weapon, sometimes it's a tool. You know, we pattern that as fathers. We, we pattern that. We, we, have to, we have to correct. We have to guide. Sometimes we have to use the rod or the staff to protect. And this is what God, you know, spoke to me. And you guys may have read it. I'm just going to repeat it because I have tried to make this a staple in everything that I do. Correction without protection is abuse. For any leader. And our Father does not do that. I care what anybody... I, I, Listen, it may feel like that sometimes, but my Father, God the Father, does not correct me without protecting me. He does not correct me without protecting me. And protection without correction creates spoiled sheep. Correction without protection is abuse. Protection without correction it creates spoiled sheep. And I thank God. I, I thank God that He protects me and He's willing to correct me. He's willing to have the hard conversations with me and say, you know what? This is not. No. You ain't. And, and sometimes He just says, you know what? Okay, you ain't going to let go of it. That's fine. I'm just going to take it from you. You ain't going to let go. That's fine. You don't want to let go? You don't want to? That's fine. I'll just... Kill it for you. Then you ain't got to worry about it. That's how much he loves you. I had a very wise pastor during MIP tell me one time that God will kill a ministry before he will allow a man to die in it. Because he loves you more than he loves any ministry. He loves you more than he loves anything else in this world. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
Which brings us to the last few scriptures. We're going to go ahead and hit all of them. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. If you would allow me just for a few moments, let's just spend some time right here. Because here's what we understand. Here's what we know. We're sheep. We're not the boss. We're not the big. We're, we're not the, the leader in this kingdom or in this house. None of us are. We're protected. We're corrected. We're given stuff. And we're blessed with stuff. Not because of anything we can do or not because of anything about us. It's all about God. It's all about the shepherd. It's all about the father. We, we're able to, to walk through valleys death. And here's the deal. You know, I, we're praying for my Aunt Louise, and, and I, I, I have said it a, a million times, and, and I'm going to continue to say it, to, to have the, the faith that she has and, and the countenance of joy that she has in this, this terrible time with, with death, standing at her doorstep, standing at the edge of her bed, and everybody is saying, you know what? Send them in, and let's just keep her comfortable. And to have that joy, you know what? She can walk through that valley. Because she knows who her father is. Because she knows who her shepherd is. Because she's being corrected. Because she knows a man named God who loved her enough to say, you know what? That's going to hurt you. And when it hurts her, he says, you know what? I told you it's going to hurt you. Now come here and let me love you. That knows a man that has stood before her and fought battles for her and taken care of stuff for her. So through this valley... I've trusted her. She, she has trusted so many other times before. How could we not trust now in this? This last step. So how can you go through a valley? How can you, how can you, you look at death in the eye? How can you accept protection and, and accept correction? And, and how can you... Walk through this and understand that, that you don't see the big picture and, and still be okay with it. This is how I, I believe that is. I believe that if you kind of start from the, 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 the mid to back and work up in this chapter, it, it makes a little bit more sense where it does to me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So let me just show you something here real quick. How many can agree that right now, this world, we are in chaos? Our nation is in chaos. And if you, even if you make it smaller and, and you go from, from nation to, to maybe your home or maybe your life or maybe your spirit, this world is in chaos. Things are so busy. Nothing seems to be going right. Maybe you're in this house and you have gotten a terrible report and, and you feel like this is the end. Nothing else is going to go right. Nothing else can happen. God, where are you? What is happening? Let me just take you to this one thought, this one scripture in Psalms 23. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And let's just spend some time here because here's what I believe that God does. In the midst of everything else going on, God loves you enough that he will take the time 
and he sets a table for you. And this table that he sits, I don't think it's a very big table. I don't think it can be a very big table. But it says that you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. So let's spend some time on the table this morning. Let me have a little time to talk about the table. This table is a table for two. See, this is what the Bible don't say. I think there's a reason why the scripture doesn't say, you know what, you prepare a table for me in the middle of my war for the whole army that I'm fighting with. Here's what I believe. I believe no matter how bad things are, no matter how difficult things are, because you have led me through the valley of the shadow of death, because you have loved me enough to correct me, because you have loved me enough to fight battles for me and to protect me, because you take me where I'm supposed to go and you see what's good for me and you will take me there, because of all of that, God, in these terrible times and in these terrible circumstances, I'm going to trust you enough to know and to believe that when you tell me you have prepared a table before me in the midst of my enemies, you're going to do that. And here it is. So here's what the table looks like. What we have is a table... Oh, I'm so sorry, Tony. One for the shepherd. One for the father. I'll tell you, he's the first one at the table. Now... Here's what God has shown me. You know, a lot of people feel like this is the seat of honor, right? The head of the table. At the banquet, the head of the table. This is what, it's, that's how it's set right now. You have the head of the table and the guest. God loves you too much for you to be his guest. You're not his guest. See, here's what you are. You're his child. You're the one he loves more than anything else. So he says, you know what? My child. I know things are going terrible. I know life stinks right now. Sit with me. Because he makes a table in the midst of my enemies. 
He says, sit with me. Have a seat. And I'm going to try not to mess up Tony's other stuff. I think this one is not connected. And he says, you know what? I've got the table set. And I've got everything ready. And I've got you a seat. And this table is just for the two of us. See, this is the picture of a real father. Now, I ain't going to lie. Sometimes the table at my house was not where you wanted to be late at night. I believe God's table is exactly the same. Sometimes we're afraid of it, aren't we? Because we know he knows. Just like I knew he knew. Whenever dad says, Jeremy, come here for a second. And you say, oh, man. See, sometimes we're afraid of this seat. But we shouldn't be. But here's, here, here's the deal. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy. So, listen, I'm not so foolish to, 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 to think that everything is, is, is perfect in everybody's world in here. Because everything is not perfect in my world. And this table has brought me through so much in the past few months. And here's why. Because on a table like this, the scripture says, before you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, before is in front, okay? Just hang with me here. Before is in front. Here's what I know. I'm not the smartest, but I know that if you're sitting here, and you're sitting there, and everything is going terrible right here, and the battle is raging right here, and your life is falling apart right here, and the doctor has said right here, there's no hope and there's no chance. And everything looks terrible right here, and the enemy is telling you, you know what, your family has no hope right here. And you're sitting there. There's this little thing called peripheral vision. That you can still keep your eye on what's happening. And you're trying to focus on what's here. And that's what happens most of the time though, isn't it? Can we just be honest and real? I'll just, I'll just admit that, you know what? Whenever I try to turn everything off and pray in silence. I make it about 20 seconds. Before I have to start reeling my mind in from all this other crazy stuff. Think that's on accident? It's not an accident. Does that make me weak? Probably. But I'm a sheep. I don't believe God puts us here. And I don't believe He's sitting there at the head of the table in this circle. Now there's one. It's called the wedding supper of the Lamb. And absolutely, he's going to be here at the head of the table, and there's going to be a great feast, but you're not going to worry about a battle there. 
But here's the deal. In this situation, battle is going on. Everything's going to pieces. And God says, you know what? You're getting tired and, and you're, getting, you're getting hungry and, and you're not going to make it much longer. Let me make a table. And he sets it up. And he doesn't, he doesn't sit here. He doesn't want you to sit here because he don't want you to see this. He don't want you to try to, to, to enjoy what he has for you in that moment. Because listen, you, you, just because there's a, a feast doesn't mean you've you got to go back. You gotta go, you're going to have to go back and fight. You're going to have to. I'm sorry. You're probably going to have to go back and fight. Maybe. That's later. You're going to get me ahead of myself. So, you're sitting here. You don't want to see what's going on back here. God don't want you to see what's going on. This is your time. So he says, you know what? We're not sitting there. We're going to sit here. This is my seat. And this is what I believe. I, I believe that he's got it ready. And he has his seat. Then he calls to you in the midst of your battle. He calls to you. We have a hard time hearing him sometimes, doesn't, don't we? He calls to you. He says, Jeremy, the battle, the, the meal is ready. Jeremy, it's, it's time. It's time to eat. Come on. And then most of the time, Jeremy feels like that what's going on back here is so important. I just got to get it done. But then we sit. Back to the war. Back to the battle. God here. You here. Now I think there's significance in being here. First and foremost, you only see the battle if you want to. You only see it if you want to see it at this point. The only reason why you take your attention off of the thing, it's, it's not because something catches your eye a little bit and, and, you, and you know, it draws, no. You turn from here because you want to turn from here. And God says, no, don't do that. I have this. This is me and you. He says, what's going on? He says, how are you feeling? He says, I, I know it's terrible right now. I know, I know it's hard on you. But just, just keep on. Just keep fighting. You guys ever heard that from God? I have. Just keep fighting. It's going to be okay. Just keep, keep going. It's going to be okay. You say, I don't know if I can. I'm so tired. This is what they're telling me. And he says, no, 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 no. Don't listen to them. They didn't heal you when you were broken. Right? They didn't pick you up and clean you off when nobody else would. They didn't pull you out of junk and out of trash. Don't listen to them. They didn't create you. They don't know how valuable you are. I created you. I know how valuable you are. Listen to me. It's going to be okay. Then we get to the part where, where he says, my cup runs over. 
Now, this is the most important part, guys, I, I really believe. To, to get the, 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 the fullness out of, out of, out of this, this table for two, you have to allow your cup to run over. You got, you got to see, and, and, I, and, and, and I, have, I have came to, to experience in these moments that when God fills your cup, at this table, battle behind you, just conversation with your father. And he says, I know you're hungry. Here, let me, let me feed you. Now we all know, you know, it's the word of God and it's the encouragement of God. And, it's, and he says, drink. And he pours your cup. And here's what happens most of the time, right? Because we're human and we're we're natural and, and we don't like mess. We, we, we have a bad habit of wanting our cup to, to, to stop right here, right? Because we don't want it to overflow. We don't want it to make a mess. We don't want, we don't want to have to clean things up a little bit. And you say, well, that's not the same thing with the Spirit. Well, yeah, absolutely. it's exactly the same thing as, as, as the kingdom of God. Because once it overflows this rim... So you can't contain it anymore. You can't control where it goes. That's why we like to keep we like to keep our stuff in this nice little cup, don't we? That's why so many times we get up from this table and it just feels like a whole nother meal to us, doesn't it? Because we forget to allow this to run over. As soon as it starts to pour out, most of the time, oh, whoa, 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 hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. And we miss it. Can I give you an example? And it, man, I tell you, God has just wore me out. If I can say that on national television. Or not on national television, I was just trying to. Because uh, I wanted to say that, so. Uh, you know, you, you guys have been praying, and I thank you so much for, you know, months ago I had a, my nephew went through that, and, and God blessed him with, with a second chance at life. You know, he, he was, was brutally abused and was in, in the children's hospital, and man, what a battle that was. We spent a lot of time back here. Battling, I'm not just talking about like the physical of what happened to him. I'm talking about what I wanted to do to the people. Just be honest with you. On the unfairness of what it was to, to take somebody. And, and, and there were so many times that God would say, you know, okay, come on, let's, let's eat. And he would set me down at this table and he would say, you know what, Jeremy, what's going on? I said, man, you don't understand. He said, I know, I know, but I want to hear you tell me. And then he would, he would, he would start to show us things. And then right when the cup would start to run over, I would find a reason. Oh, well, you know, it's just, it's just, it, this is, it's never going to be, you know, he's never going to have this or, or, and. and let me tell you, 
God will not run this over against your wishes. He's not going to do it against your wishes. If you tell him to stop, he's going to stop. He'll stop. And I believe in my whole heart he stopped pouring. He said, okay. If that's what you want. Okay. I love you. Going back to the battle. And I've gotten up from the table. And so the, one of the last times we were in, and I, I mean, I'll tell you, God, is, he, 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 he showed me this. We were, we were visiting, and Tasha had the baby. His name is Trenton. Something my dad, all this time, my, my sister had never, had, had never experienced. Tasha got him and, and started kind of roughing him up a little bit. And, and she had that little baby laughing so loud. I mean, laughing out loud. And that's when God told me, you know what? I just overfilled your cup. Your cup just ran over. See, that was the moment. That was the moment that God said, you know what? This situation is not perfect. That at this table, He said, you know what? The situation is not perfect. The situation is, is, is it's not great and it's not grand. But I've got my hand on it. It's going to be okay. Because I've got my hand on it. And can I tell you, it's the same thing for you this morning. No matter the situation. It doesn't matter the battle. It doesn't matter how, how big or how little the enemy is or seems to be. This table is reserved for you and God. This table is reserved for you and God in the midst of your battle. It was prepared for you by God. To give you a break from this. To spend some time with him. So that he may feed you his word. So that he may feed you his encouragement. So that you may drink from his cup of hope and of joy. And if you will allow him to, he will overflow that. He will show you things. He will give you things that will overflow that cup. That will pour out and run out on you. And spill out on the other people around you. But you got to let him do that. You gotta trust him enough to do that. And here's the last thing, because here's, here's what I know about a table for two. The enemy is always gonna try to have a seat at this table. Always. Always going to have a seat at this table. He's always going to try to, to make his way to this table. Because here's what happens. Back here in the battle, there comes a point when the enemy realizes you're not here anymore. Because you're a child of God, the Holy Spirit is fighting for you, right? If you would let him, that, 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 that's your battle. And God has you up here, and the Spirit is fighting for you. And the enemy says, whoa, well, hold on for a second. Most of the time, the enemy starts to lose. 
and says, oh, hold on for a second. No, this isn't right. Oh, no, 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 this isn't going to happen. This isn't going to work. So this is what the enemy does. The enemy goes and he gets him a seat. And he says, hey. And he sets up as far away from the person that can do something about it, right? And he sets up right here beside you. And this is what you have to choose. If you don't mind, Pastor Tony, come on up. This is a decision you have to make at this table for two. On whether or not you will give the enemy a seat at your table. On whether or not you will allow the enemy to have a seat right here beside you. And whisper those little things in your ear while you're trying to listen to the one that really loves you. And we all know what happens. Right? We all know what happens. Don't listen to him. Yeah, that, he says that, but, but look at this. Right? That's, that's what happens here. God is speaking to you and... Playing the part of the enemy today will be Pastor Jeremy. And he sits here and he says, Remember that time when uh, you prayed for your mom to be healed and she wasn't? You gonna listen to him? That's what the enemy does. He don't, he don't, he don't, he's not interested in your drink. He's not interested in your food. He's not interested in any of that stuff. All he wants to do is sit right here beside you at this table. <laughs> you know what? You've tried, tried many times before. It's never worked. You know that uh, I've won this battle many times already. So you, you might as well just quit now. You know what? It's just too late. I know you can't see what's going on behind you, but uh, I'm winning. He likes to say that more than anything else. I'm winning. So, child of God, here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I don't know what battle you're in. I don't know what situation you're in, in this house, watching at home. But I believe that, that God has given you a chance to sit at his table. A table that is set for you, for only two people, in the midst of your worst circumstance. And the enemy has pulled up a seat right beside of you. And here's the deal. Does that seat know this seat is here? Absolutely. Absolutely he does. And here's what we fail to do. It's really simple. What we try to do is we try to say, Shut up. Oh, I say that in church. Stop it. And you try to focus. And then over here you say, no, that's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Stop. 
Give me a, and you're trying to stop. And you're, stop, no. And you're, you're listening, you're drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing and drawing. This guy's still talking. This guy's trying to love you. This guy's trying to distract you. And you're looking back and forth and you don't know what to do. You're trying to focus on the cup, eat the food, listen, be encouraged, be distracted. You don't know what to do. You don't know which way to go. And here's what, here's what you try to do. You know what? Stop, leave. And the seat says, okay. Right? Would you just stop? And this guy says, sure. And you get up from this seat and you said, I don't know what to do. I can never win. I can never do it. Everything I try fails. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do this morning, church. Sit at this table. I don't know your situation. Take a seat at this table. And when the enemy comes up and he starts talking to you and he starts telling you all this stuff, and your father this Father's Day is trying to encourage you and feed you his word and pour out his cup of joy, and this guy's just on and on and on. Don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. It's really simple. You say, Dad, you should do something about this. You're weak. I'm weak. I'm weak. You say, Dad, would you please make him stop? Because I can't do it anymore. Then your Father in heaven very gently stands up and he says, Absolutely. And he walks over to the seat. says that's enough it's time to go and like that you win like that you win if you could this morning let's all stand We're promised in the end of this chapter that we would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, let, me, let, me, let me do this real quick. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, first of all, forever is a long time. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, that is impossible for you. I'm just going to be honest. If you're watching at home and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you will dwell in joy and happiness for a while. But eternity 
is not promised to you in the house of the Lord. That's step one this morning. Step two is this. He sets a table before me in the midst of my enemies. And anoints my head with oil. That's the love of God. That's this conversation right here. That's that hand that he puts on your shoulder and says, you know what? You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. He feeds me. He fills my cup and it runs over. He gives me joy unspeakable that I may dwell in the house of the Lord in the kingdom of God forever. So here's the prayer this morning, church. Are you in a battle? Are you fighting right now? Are you fighting emotions? Are you fighting anger? Maybe you've gotten a terrible report. Maybe you're fighting sickness. We're going to have Pastor Tony sing. I believe with my whole heart, in, if nothing else, in this moment, God has prepared His table for you and Him. And is calling to you. Come. We're going to ask you to, to just, if you feel comfortable, leave your seat. Spread out and find a spot on this altar. And just listen to God. Close your eyes and listen to God. Don't listen to anybody else. Don't listen to people praying. Don't listen to anything else other than this seat talking to you, telling you how much He loves you, telling you how you're going to make it, telling you how much He has value in you. Take a seat at the table this morning. Take a seat at the table. Mighty Father, right now, quicken hearts. Go get them right now, God. Right now in this moment, go and, and, and pull their heart to you. You've prepared the table. Go get them, God. Move them to you right now. In your name, Jesus. Amen.